Welcome to anyone who is joining us online. Come on and welcome them. We are glad you're here. Keep it going. Welcome to all of the campuses. We love you guys. We're glad you are here. Hey, before I forget, before I forget, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, August 19th, we are going to be having a night of worship here at the Durham campus. August 19th, 7 p.m., all the campuses, any of you who are online, maybe you even haven't come out yet, that's okay. Come on out, we'll have room to socially distance and uh, we just hope you will come and be a part of us. You guys ready for a great day? Yeah. I believe it's gonna be a good day today and um, I'm excited to share with you today as we wrap up this series, Experiencing Joy in the Midst of It All. Because in the midst of it all <laughs> has been quite a lot. 2020. I mean, did you hear? Did you hear? I just, I just got word. I didn't feel it, but we just had a 5.1 earthquake in North Carolina. I mean, this is not even California. It's just 2020, right? Did you guys know this yet? Y'all didn't. I can tell you're going, really? <laughs> That's what I said when they told me. Literally about 30 minutes ago, we had a 5.1 earthquake. I think it was in Sparta, North Carolina. I haven't been to Sparta, North Carolina. I've been to most places in North Carolina, but um, we had people here who felt it. People are taking out their phones right now, checking the headlines. I know. Um, what a year. What a year, right? And so here's how I want to begin today. When you think about 2020 next year, or maybe a year after, what do you think you will remember? <laughs> Got a beautiful couple right in front of me. They're gonna get married this week. That's what they will remember, right? What about you? What about you? Just think about this question for a moment. When you think about 2020 next year or the year after, what do you think you will remember? Last week, um, Tiana Spencer preached a phenomenal message at New Hope Church. Y'all remember Tiana? Maybe you didn't. This is Tiana. This is Tiana, and uh, she's preached here before, and then she preached again last weekend, and I thought the Spirit of God has been saying this to me, but I hadn't acted on it yet because these are big decisions, and so when she was preaching last week, the Spirit of God spoke it to my heart again, and so I contacted Tiana this week, and I'm like, hey, yo, here's the deal. You are a gifted, anointed woman of God, and I believe God is calling you to be one of our teaching pastors at New Hope Church. And she was so blown away. She goes, whenever I speak anywhere, she goes, I, I, there's no place that feels quite like home like New Hope Church does. And she goes, I really think God might, might be all over this, but let me talk to my husband. Now, how many of you heard her message last week? Show of hands. Yeah, you remember what she said about her husband? <laughs> so I said, Tiana, I said, that's cool. You should talk to your husband. But make sure you cook him a big old breakfast <laughs> before you bring this up. And so she did, and um, she just hit me up just a couple days ago. Pastor Benji, after talking to my husband and praying, I just wanted to tell you that I would love to join the New Hope family as a part of the teaching team. Come on now. Mike Bro, Mike Bro, Tiana Spencer, we are a gifted church. Amen. As she was preaching last week, um, she got towards the end of her message and she talked about the word remember. And you might not remember it, but she didn't spend a lot of time on it, 
but she talked about the word remember. And I had shared some themes around this whole concept of remembering with the staff a few months ago. And the spirit just spoke to my heart and said, you need to pick it up right there. This is how we need to wrap up the Experiencing Joy series. Just to kind of give you some context, this is what Tiana said last week about remember, and then I'm gonna run with it. Here we go. You see, oftentimes, the reason we can't have long-term trust in God's character is because we're too busy having a short-term memory of God's faithfulness. We cannot have long-term trust in his character because we're too busy having a short-term memory of his faithfulness. Church, has he done anything for you? If you're struggling to believe God right now, I just want you to ask you the question, has he done anything for you? Has he, has he ever come through for you? When I think about this, I think about the children of Israel and as they were getting ready to go into the promised land, I, I was studying this a while ago and I paid attention to God was, as he was getting ready to go in the promised land, God began to tell them over and over again one thing, remember. I saw this word over and over again, remember. Remember what I've done for you. Remember how I brought you through. Remember what happened in Egypt. Remember how I fed you manna. Remember, remember, remember. I began to underline this word remember over and over and over again. Remember, because he said it to him over and over. It's as if he knew what you remember about me has everything to do with how you're gonna to respond to me in the future. What you remember about how I've been faithful to you in the past has everything to do with how you're gonna trust me in the future. Remember, remember, remember. Let your memory persuade your response. That's what he was telling the Israelites and that's what I'm here to tell you. Let your memory of God persuade your response to God in this season. You need to remember what he's done for you. Listen, one of the practical ways I've done this in my life is by making a list of his faithfulness to me. Making a list of the ways that God has come through for me, specifically things that God has done over the, the 37 years of my life, writing them over and over again. And I go back, when I'm doubting God, I go back and I read that list. Some of you need to sit down today and make a list of how faithful he's been. Make a list of how he's come through for you. You need to read it, you need to read it, and you need to read it until it persuades you to respond to him in a different way, till it persuades you to trust him like you've never trusted him before, till it persuades you to keep going just for a little bit longer because you know that if he has not failed you before, he will not fail you now. Listen, I'm telling you, if you don't do anything else in this season, you need to remember who he's been to you. Come on now. Everybody... Everybody say, remember. I'm so fired up to have her on our staff team. She's just a gifted woman of God. Remember. See, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Can I get an amen? And as I've said since day one, we are going to make it through this together. But the question we should be asking ourselves is, what is God trying to teach us in the midst of this season? And so let me ask you the question again. What do you think you're going to remember next year or the year after about the year 2020? That's what I want to talk to you about today because here's a concern of mine. We all have lots of concerns today, right? Here's one of my concerns that you might not have thought about. My concern is that a year from now or a couple of years from now, when we think back on 2020, we will not remember what it is God was trying to show us in the midst of this year that is unlike any other year. In fact, I believe it would be a greater catastrophe to get years down the road and forget or not learn what God is trying to teach us in the midst of this season. Deuteronomy chapter eight, 
Deuteronomy chapter eight, verses one through five. If you've got your Bible at home or at any of our campuses, go ahead and open it up. We're gonna be reading verses one through five of Deuteronomy chapter eight. It's in the Old Testament, early in the Old Testament. You can't miss it. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verses one through five. Here we go. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may what? Live and increase, here we go, and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember, everybody say remember. In fact, if you're online, just type that word in in the chat section right now. Just type in remember. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to what? Humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Praise be to God. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. May God bless, come on, the reading and the hearing and the applying of his word. Our God is good, church. Even in the midst of bad seasons, our God is good. And it's amazing to me how we can draw a curtain over tragedy and lose the equity God wants to teach us in the midst of the tragedy. We need to remember the lessons. And if we don't remember the lessons of 2020, I believe that will be a greater tragedy on down the road. Because if you don't remember the lessons, you will compromise. You will compromise and your heart will grow cold in the midst of a season like this. Check this out. You will transfer your hope to your resources instead of to the source of everything you have, even the breath you are breathing right now. Dark times can be gifts from God if we let him teach us in the midst of those times and if we will remember. One more time, everybody say remember. In the context of Deuteronomy chapter eight, let your mind just kind of think back to the biblical narrative. If, if you want to, just turn to Deuteronomy one and you'll be able to kind of follow through some of the headings in your scripture. In Deuteronomy, they are about to enter the promised land. Moses had led them. He gets to the top of Mount Nebo. They're looking into the promised land. They had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Y'all, that's two generations. They, they go into the, up to Mount Nebo. And you remember, you might recall that they, they, they cross the Jordan and they send in the spies. Remember? They send in the spies to the promised land. Remember what happened? All the spies came back and said, there's no way we can handle that, except for two, Joshua and Caleb. Now check it out, don't, don't you wish we could have sent some spies into 2019? 
Don't you, what do you think they would have come back and told us? <laughs> we can't handle it. But I'd imagine there would have been some, maybe just a few. Maybe we would have had some Joshua or Caleb. I mean, guys, think about it. In January 2020, we we're like, bring it on, God. I want what's best for your kingdom and what's best for me. God, whatever you want me to go through, I'll go through it. <laughs> we had no idea <laughs> what we were asking for. Moses is forbidden. In chapter six, the word of the Lord tells us that you better love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength. And that they were to take these commandments, remember this, those of you in children's ministry, they were to take these commandments, remember, and impress them upon their children. Write them on the door frames of their homes. And in chapter eight, in chapter eight, God says, and whatever you do, remember, remember, remember. Here's what I believe God wants to teach us in the midst of this season. Four things today I just want to talk about what I believe God is desiring for us to remember in the desert, as it were. And if you were here the first week, you recall that I talked to us about what the word desert means. We sometimes think about it as dryness. It's, it's simply uninhabited. Desert is, it simply means we're in an area that is uninhabited, unprecedented. That's the new phrase that everybody's talking about these days. This is all unprecedented. Here are some lessons as we wrap up this joy series today. Four desert lessons I believe God wants to teach us, wants us to remember in 2020. Number one, read it out loud with me. Ready? Go. We need to remember how God led us. I know a lot of you have masks on. I need you to be a little bit louder in that so I can hear you. Ready? Go. We need to remember, oh, that sounds good, how God led us. Listen, just because you don't see where God is taking you does not mean God is not leading you. Isn't it interesting that Moses, come on, Moses got to go on top of Mount Nebo, look into the promised land, see it physically with his eyes, yet he couldn't go in. Joshua not necessarily could see it physically, tangibly. Joshua was the one that God anointed to use to send into the land. Again, just because we can't see sometimes how and where God is leading us does not mean that he isn't leading us. We don't orchestrate and control our lives. God does. Some of you think you came to church today at a campus all on your own will. I would say to you, God led you to this place. God can shut us down anytime God wants to shut us down, right? He can shut it down. Outline God's favor in your life. How has he led you? How is he directing you during this season? Have you given any thought to that? What's he been doing? It's amazing when you just stop to think, listen, we think of faith sometimes as something that we see. Remember Hebrews 11.1? 1? Come on, you read, you read it earlier. Let's go. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we what? Do not see. God is leading us and he has led us in 2020. Now, we might not like <laughs> where he's leading us or how he's been leading us. But God says, remember, don't ever forget how I've led you. 
The great Martin Luther put it like this. Faith is permitting ourselves to be seized by things we do not see. May we always remember that God has led us. Number two, number two, jot it down. We need to remember how God, what? Tested us. We need to remember how God tested us. Look at verse two, Deuteronomy 8, two. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you. What's this key word right here? Circle it in your Bibles. Testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Hey, when God tests us, it is for self-illumination. What's he been showing you in the midst of the test? He tested the Israelites that he might humble them. Did you catch that word? It was in the text. Humility, that they might taste of humility. Left to ourselves, come on, we will mess this life up. And even not passing the test is a message from God. The reality of dark experiences say this, God comes near to us, not because of our strength and our competence. He comes near to us because of our weakness and dependence. We are broken people, church. We are broken people. And this season has highlighted that. And I know, if you're anything like me, you don't like the tests. <laughs> Unless you get a test that's easy. Remember when you were in school and you nothing better than studying for a test and you show up and you, you've, you know the material and you ace it, right? That's a good time. What about the times when you show up for a test and you haven't prepared and you don't know the material and you didn't see it coming, that's a bad, bad time. We had a leadership conference uh, this week, the staff did, and uh, we were sitting right in this room at the Durham campus and I heard one of the best sermons I've ever heard in my entire life by a man named Albert Tate. And Albert Tate talked about that great passage in the Old Testament where Jacob wrestles with God. You remember that? Um, along the, the, the river Jabbok. And as he encounters this divine being, which the scriptures make it clear that this is, this is a manifestation of God, you'll remember that, that Jacob wanted to wrestle with God. Now, I don't know about you, but like if I encountered God, I wouldn't want to wrestle with him. Would you? And, and Jacob wrestles with him and says, whatever you do, don't let go of me until you bless me. And you remember what happened? In the wrestling match, God touched his hip socket. Remember? And Jacob limps the rest of his life. I don't know about you, but I would rather walk with a limp. Here, I say it like this. I say it like this. I would rather walk with a limp because I wrestled with God in the test as opposed to walking with a strut, hello, because I got along with the ways of the world and strutted on down easy street, if you will. How are you doing with the test of 2020? What's God revealing to you? 
1 Corinthians 10, 13. Let's read it out loud. Ready? But God keeps his promise and he will not allow you to be tested beyond your power to remain firm. Watch this. At the time you are put to the test, he will give you the strength to endure it and so provide you with a way out. Hey, if you're online, just go ahead and type into the chat section. And by the way, you'll see staff at all of our campuses. They're on their phones and their computers. Please don't think they're just like on Facebook. Well, they actually are on Facebook. They're, they're engaging chats. They're engaging uh, all the community that's online and they're, they're doing that. So give them a little bit of grace. Don't think, look at them. What do they think they're doing? Sitting there sending emails and text. No, no, no. They're actually doing work right now. So go ahead and type in. If you're online, just type that in. How are some ways in which you feel like you're in the test, but more importantly, what are some ways in which you feel like you're passing the test? Here's the first one. We need to remember how God, what? Led us. Secondly, we need to remember how God tested us. And thirdly, write this down. We need to remember how God provided for us. Deuteronomy 8, 3 and 4. Here we go. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Years. In other words, God is saying, I gave you sustenance that you were not aware of. How's God providing for you? And if you, if you tend to be jaded or skeptical or negative in this season, you might think, oh, yes, no, 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 no. Did you have a roof over your head last night? How many of you, I don't, I'm not a breakfast person, so this question really can't apply to me. How many of you ate breakfast this morning? Breakfast people in the house. If you're like me and you didn't eat breakfast, how many of you know that you will have something to eat for lunch or dinner? As far as I can tell, thanks be to God, all of you have clothes on. <laughs> He's provided for you. Most of us have a job. God is a provider. Don't transfer your sense of dependence on God to your self-initiated prosperity. Because when you have plenty, and I dare say we have plenty, you will have a heart of gratitude or you will drift into a sense of entitlement. Who and what have you been trusting? There is one word one word that captures what God has been doing, and that is provision. God is providing for us in the midst of a very difficult season. Ways that God has blessed us. Just think about it. Just type those in. Or if you're, you're in person, just think about it or write it in your journal or in the Bible, right in the margins of Deuteronomy 8. How has God blessed us? You, how is God providing for you? You've heard multiple times during this series that you should be jotting these things down in your journal. This is how you maintain your joy. How's he providing for you? Let me just tell you about 
some ways that came to me as I was thinking about this message. As far as we know, we haven't lost one person to COVID-19 as a movement. I would have expected a praise the Lord right there. Yeah, come on. Your pastors and staff, not one single person has had COVID. Come on. We just heard just yesterday, there's a church in Garner, just got word about this yesterday. They've had the staff numbers, I think it's in the teens now. If one more person gets exposed to it at that church, it's gonna be an outbreak. It'll hit hit the news. God has provided and blessed us. And one of the reasons why, I, I praise God, we're being careful, right? We're socially distancing. We're wearing masks. We're being careful. Here's another way in which God has provided your generosity. God is blessing this church with people who understand that the mission of the church continues. Reach, teach, and release shall never be shut down. Amen. We've never shut this church down. We've never shut it. We're doing ministry every single day. We've had over 200 first-time guests come to this church just through the online experience. 200. People are getting saved. So again, if you're online, just type in, what are some ways... What are some ways that God is providing for you? Here's the last thing, and we don't like this. I'm gonna tell you, we don't like this. Number four, we need to remember how God disciplined us. We need to remember how God has disciplined us and is disciplining us. Deuteronomy 8, 5. Come on, last verse of scripture. I want you to read it out loud really strong. Ready? Go. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. God says, I need you to remember. This is what he says to Israel. I need you to remember the wilderness spankings that I gave you. Now, I know we live in a culture where most folks... Maybe not most, but a lot of folks don't believe in spanking anymore. I believe God had given ancient Israel some wilderness spankings, and I believe God disciplines us. We, we have always uh, been of the mindset, the Bible talks about this, we, we've always been willing to spank our children. And uh, please save your emails, save your emails. <laughs> Actually, you can send me one. Send it to Benji at I don't care newhopechurch.org. Um, no, we, we, now, here's the good news. I believe that if you parent children firmly from the beginning and you give them a combination of two things, parents, listen closely. This is really, really important. Extravagant love, extravagant love and firm discipline is the equation for raising godly children. And um, so I've got five children. I've only, I've only spanked two of them. That's all. Um, I'm not going to tell you which ones. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I will tell you that the one sitting right to uh, my left, my youngest, Joshua Hunter Kelly, has not been one of those. He, he, he has not. He is an amazing, amazing young man of God. Um, but one of them, um, uh, only two times, only two children, two times, one of them, um, I'm not going to tell you his name, but... Um, it, 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 he's a he's a big guy. He's like he's 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 got a hard body. Like 
uh, not a hard heart, but a hard body. And uh, one time, he, he, he just pushed, pushed me too far. And so I, I, I spanked him with my hand, and I hit him one time, and I sprained my hand. No, no, no not, not like serious sprain of my hand. I couldn't hardly hold a pen and write for a couple of weeks. And I was like, dang, that butt is hard. Um, but, but the great thing, and, and he, he got another one, not that day, but later that I didn't risk the hand injury. Um, but here's what's really cool. You know what's cool? Because we sit around now as a family. This was a long time ago. We sit around now as a family and he, he kind of wears that as a badge. He'll say, he'll say to his younger kids, yeah, I, I got the spanking. And he's proud of it. He's proud of the fact, because here's the deal. You, there's nothing more unhappy than a child who has no boundaries and guidelines. Children need boundaries. And children, when you are disciplined by a parent or you are disciplined by God, you know God loves you enough to discipline you. And what the scriptures are teaching us here is that we need to remember how God disciplines us. Listen, God's gifts are called consequences. And consequences for bad choices are gifts from a God who loves you enough to put you on the right track. Don't ever forget consequences when you have more freedom. When we get beyond 2020, don't ever forget that God is using this to discipline us, to prune us. We sang a song earlier, hopefully to bring about revival. God has a purpose and a plan in this. How is he disciplining you? Chat that in, just Talk about some ways in which God is shaping you. In closing, let me repeat those four questions. How's God led you? How's he leading us as a church? Listen, remember that. Don't ever forget that. How has God tested you? Remember that. How has God provided for you? Don't ever forget that. And how has God disciplined you? Remember that. Because again, I believe a great tragedy would be years down the road. We look back on 2020 and we don't remember what God is teaching us. Let the answers to those four questions sustain you during this time. And when we get to the other side, may we never forget the invaluable lessons that God is teaching us. And if we will, listen, if we will, I promise you, you will experience more joy in the midst of it all. And you will be able to stand and sing as we are getting ready to do that great hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. I know you love that song. Have you ever heard the story behind it? You know, life can be incredibly predict, uh, unpredictable, right? 2020 has taught us that. Beautiful blessings and distressing difficulties. As you've heard me say before, life is beautiful and life is brutal. 
Horatio Spafford was a prominent attorney, a very successful man, and a real estate investor, and he lost his fortune in the great Chicago fire of 1871. Not only did he lose his fortune, he lost his four-year-old son to scarlet fever. Because of those two events, and life was turning him upside down, he decided it would be well for the family to go on vacation. And so he sent his wife and his four daughters on a ship to England, planning to finish up some work, take care of some loose ends, and he was going to then join them over in England for a great vacation. However, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship was involved in a horrible collision and sunk. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio's beloved daughters. When his wife, who survived, got to shore, she sent him a telegram that said this, saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during his voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had struck the Spafford family, summoned Horatio to tell him that they were right at that very moment passing over the location where the shipwreck occurred and his four daughters perished at sea. As Horatio thought about his daughters, words of comfort filled his heart. Amazing, what would you have felt? I don't know what I would have felt. But in that very moment, he sat down on that ship and he penned these famous words. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Remember these four things. Record them deep in your heart and your mind. Reflect upon them regularly. And in the midst of the storm that we are caught up in, we will be able to declare, it is well with my soul. God is still good. God is still on the throne position in my life. And I will trust him and I will declare in the midst of it all, it is well. Come on, church. It is well with my soul. Pray with me. Father, I want to pause for just a moment to allow us to think about the ways in which you have disciplined us and you've led us and you've provided for us. And Father, I pray that wherever, wherever every single person is located, at a campus or at home,
Can I just encourage you to just bow your heads, close your eyes, and maybe if you're willing, just turn the palms of your hands towards heaven. Think about the blessings that God has given you. Think about the fact that you are still breathing in this very moment, which tells me, beloved, God has a purpose for your life. And maybe instead of looking at the situations that you are facing, and I know they are hard, I live in the same world as you. Maybe these are tests. And God says he will not give you, he will not test you beyond what you can endure. Think about the blessings that you have. Think about his provision in your life. Even in the midst of this season, we are some of the most blessed people on the planet. When was the last time you thanked him for all of those provisions? How's he leading you these days? Even though you can't see it, he's leading you. Ask him to give you eyes of faith. To start to connect the dots. To see that even though God is not the author of the coronavirus, God has allowed us to go into this season. And even though we're wandering around in this wilderness longer than we had hoped, he's still leading us. Ask him to give you eyes of faith. Ask him to allow you to see his divine hand guiding you. And thank him for all of these things. Whatever you do, remember. Never forget these desert lessons. As we prepare to stand and declare and sing with everything inside of us, may it be true. May it be well with us. And friend, even if it's not, even if you don't feel it, sing it by faith with hands opened toward heaven or hands lifted in praise, lift your voices and declare in faith that it is well. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.